Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 43. Before I tell you about today's guest, um, I wanted to just tell you all a little bit more about my new album. So it's not out yet. I feel like there has possibly been a little bit of confusion. All there has been is one single. Um, this coming Friday, so the Friday after you're hearing this, I am releasing a live in-studio video and recording of a song that will be on the official album. Um, and then next month in February, I have another single coming out and they're just going to keep being new, awesome things all the way up until the official release date on May 8th. So I'll keep you posted. I'll keep telling you. I'm really proud of everything. I was talking to Andrew, my husband, the other day about you know, one of the things I'm really excited about with this project is how many visual artists I've been able to hire to um, incorporate. And I, I want um, you guys who are listeners to this podcast to see that. Um, I know if you're listening, it's because you like art. And of course, I love art. So I've been working hard to find ways to incorporate as much visual art, you know, um, to hire visual artists in my community and pay them well for their work. I'm, it's something I'm, I'm extremely proud of. Um, and of course, all of the musicians and producer and recording engineers that have been, um, hired to help me make this project, um, you know, I want you guys to hear all of their work. And, you know, of course, I want you to hear my work. I, I spend years and years writing these songs, and they're really important to me and, um, you know, are kind of related to a lot of the themes that we talk about in this podcast. Um, so I, I, I know you'll like it. So um, follow along. My my mailing list is honestly the best place. I'm, I'm pretty careful about what I send on the mailing list. Um, I try to keep my writing very beautiful and to be very intentional about when I send emails and making sure that they're, you know, good, valuable content. So if you want to be following along with all of that art, visual art, audio art um, that I'm that I'm putting out, go to emvocals.com and join the mailing list there. Um and you'll you'll be the first to know about all the new stuff. And I'll keep announcing it here um, after after things are posted as well. Um, you guys, today's episode is part four in my Dallas series. And this is a really special episode because it's my interview with my uncle Jonathan. Um, Jonathan is the only professional artist in my family. Um, and it means so much to me to have him in my family and also to have been able to interview him for this podcast. I just love him so much and he's so cool and so talented. Um, so I'm going to read you from Jonathan's bio Jonathan Ingram worked in the graphic design industry for more than 20 years before becoming a studio artist. He creates abstract paintings and sculpture that interplay between the two art forms with exquisite texture, color, and form. Graduating with a BA in illustration from East Texas State University, Jonathan honed his design skills to capture a job with Gibbs Baronet before starting his own company, I.Design, in 1998. 
From exhibition design to branding and identity for such clients as Dallas Museum of Art, National Academy of Sciences, the Sixth Floor Museum, Halliburton, and American Airlines, Jonathan's work has been featured in communication arts, graphics, and print design annuals. He grew up in a home that encouraged creativity. Cultivating different art forms was the norm. One of his earliest memories is making pottery with his mother in their garage as a young boy with a throwing wheel, a kiln, and countless ceramic molds. Add in a piano, a TI-4A99 computer, growing up gay in a conservative home, a love for architecture and gardening with supportive mentors along the way, and it's no surprise that his art communicates the way it does. Technologically expressive portraits of abstraction, building a language of its own. You guys, it is my complete and absolute pleasure to bring you this interview with Jonathan Ingram. Okay, enjoy it. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary, and sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Today's episode of Artifice is brought to you by Wash Wizard. Wash Wizard is a cool little sphere that uses bioceramic technology to wash your clothes. I'm always looking for new eco-friendly products that are also useful and effective, and Wash Wizard definitely checks those boxes. A few months ago, I bought one for our home and we've been loving it, so I reached out to Wash Wizard to ask for a promo code for my listeners. Wash Wizard completely replaces laundry detergent and lasts for 1,500 loads of laundry. It's great for sensitive skin, it eliminates odor, bacteria, and mildew, and it reduces rust and lime buildup in your washing machine. Head to shop.getwashwizard.com and enter promo code ARTIFICE20, that's all caps, A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E-2-0, for 20% off your purchase today. See the top of your mouth over it. Right. <laughs> All of those things are right. Well, I put these shoes on, but I'm going to take them off. Yeah, be and comfortable. These little weird socks. Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, I just got these. They have like this rubber seal. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm walking, they like make a little, little toot sound. Little t- <laughs> they capture some <laughs> awesome. air and release yeah. it. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a fart. That's my sock. <laughs> It's awesome. <laughs> it's really exciting. Apologizing all day long. <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds like it sounds like an air pocket, yeah. you know, but it's just like what is that squeaking? Like why is that? Anyway. Um oh my gosh, this is very exciting. Very exciting. So I I was thinking about like how I should begin cuz normally it's like you know, I almost always interview people that I don't know that well. Yeah, tell me your background. Um, yeah, so I feel like I should tell everybody. I, well, I'm, they, they'll probably know by now that I'm in Dallas <laughs> um, doing a little Dallas series. But a person who lives here in Dallas is my Uncle Jonathan. Hello. Um, who, how long have you been in my family? Uh, let's see. 11, it'll be 11 years, or it was 11 years in November. Okay, uh, So we've been married nine as of this, around the same time. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. We got married like 
just, you guys were just a one year before us. That's true. But I feel like, I mean, I've known you, I've, I've known you for probably like 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, and I, and when you and Tyler got married, I felt so like just thrilled because like now I'm not the only artist in the family (laughs) and for other reasons, but also just, I mean, really, it's like, I feel like you're like, you're like the family member that I like was I needed, Kindred you know? Spirit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's awesome. Um, but like I, I, we haven't talked that much about like, I don't know that much about your life. Yeah. I know like some things. So well, what I'm would you like to, to know? To you. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, I always start at the very beginning and yeah. ask people what they were like as a creative child. Mm. So I grew up in a family with, uh, four children. I was the third. Um, and I had a mother that was incredibly creative, um, she was constantly pulling projects together for us to create little stained glass things really? or shrinky dinks or yeah. we'd play with clay. She was a, a ceramicist herself. And so she, in the garage, had all these uh, molds of uh, greenware that we could pour and then paint and then fire in a kiln that was That's in the amazing. Yeah. She so was a I, professional ceramicist? Well, she started to teach classes in the garage by herself. She just always had a love for it. And I think, um, it was something she was going to do whether or not it was professional. It's just something, it was a hobby that kind of, kind of grew and grew in her garage. How did she get into that? I mean, I always feel like ceramics, like how do you get started on something like that? I'm not, I'm not sure how she got into it. I don't, uh, I would probably need to ask her about it, but, but I don't remember a time, you know, in my childhood that she wasn't, it was like, I came into that environment. So yeah, I I always feel kind of intrigued by people who are doing art that requires like equipment like that. Yeah. That's like hard to get a hold of. Like mm-hmm. there had to be a point where you were like, I'm buying a kiln. I'm committing to this. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I always, I'm curious about that kind of stuff and it makes it automatically kind of serious. I think, yeah. I mean, a piano is kind of like that, but a piano is also like decorative and it's sure. very like American to have one just sitting around, even if no one plays it. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't just have a kiln, so no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it requires special kind of electricity, and and I remember there were being kind of a, uh, I'm going to be firing today was a was a phrase I heard yeah. a lot. So um, where she would kind of uh, there were different stages of the kiln where you had to vent it and make yeah. sure that different cones were in and and all that sort of thing. So your mom was just kind of giving you projects and like giving you opportunities I to think be creative. She was doing projects. And so she occupied us at the yeah. same time. And so we all left the house with, uh, quite a creative flair, whether we wanted to or not. Yeah. Again, she was a big gardener. And so we, uh, we often, if we had any kind of disciplinary action that was placed on yeah. us, it was in the garden. Got you're pulling weeds, you're cutting work. this. Yeah, yeah. You're mowing the lawn and, uh, and quietly, infected us with kind yeah. of the bug for gardening as well. That's so, awesome. Well, yeah. I'm sitting here like looking out your back windows and it's just like, I need to take, I know I'll take some pictures or you can give me some pictures. Sure. It's, it's so beautiful. Thank you. Um, so y- you, I know you have a bunch of siblings. How, uh, where are you in the mix? I'm third. So my older sister is four years older than me, uh, Stephanie. I have an older brother that is a year older than me, Christopher, and then a younger sister that's nine years Uh, Anna. And are any of them professional artists now? Um, No. uh, I would say Christopher has done the most creatively professionally. He was a cabinet maker at one point and still 
uh, he runs the grounds for a very large Christian camp now oh, in, awesome. in, in uh, Oklahoma. And so he is constantly doing all sorts of things creatively yeah. and managerially too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just asking because when I, you know, some, some people I think who become professional artists, they have to get scrappy to get creative as yeah. kids. Cause like there's not yeah. opportunities around. Right. And when I talk to people who have creative parents and who they have a lot of opportunities, I'm always kind of curious, like, well, what, what was going on with like the one or two of you who like ended up staying in the arts? Yeah. So I, I'd love to know more, like when you were younger, like, do you remember having experiences where like you were thinking maybe differently or you were like aware that you were thinking differently about art or like how you're making things or... I don't, I think I was always drawn to it. I think one of my first memories of feeling uh, that art was a mantelpiece that I could hang my self-esteem on mm. was when I would, I made a drawing uh, for my mom, I guess I was probably three and it was a rainbow and she put it into a notebook that she used all the time. And so it would walk around the house yeah. and I thought, oh, that must be important. Yeah, so, that's um, really sweet. And so that, it, that became uh, kind of, my thing, you know, and I yeah. think, and my, my brother and my sister both, uh, would give me some reinforcement around that's really good or that looks great. Yeah. And then that became my identity. Yeah. I think without even trying to be before I even had a formed personality, I think yeah. I thought, Oh, I'm going to be an artist. I'm, that's just what I do. Yeah. I talk, I talk a lot with people about like that identity stuff. And I think like for so many of us, it starts when we're so little, little, like just yeah. feeling like this is like, this is something that I can contribute. Like this is part of who I am. Yeah. And the truth is when I go away from it, which has happened several times in my life, it ekes out yeah. in some way. Like, uh, gardening is yeah. incredibly creative for me. There were years that I, I stopped working professionally as an artist or as a graphic designer. And then it picked up, you know, it found its way out. Yeah. So, it, yeah. And if totally. I don't, and if I don't identify, or if I don't recognize the need and take care of it, uh, the dark days show up. Yeah. And I think you know what I mean. Get but, a little depressed. Oh, yeah. yeah. I definitely get that way too. Like I have to have projects. Yeah. And it's tricky, I think, like as a professional artist, because you're always like more or less creative, but like you can definitely be less. Yeah. You know, like if, you're, if, you're, if your work starts being kind of like... Work. Yeah, and it starts being really, like, repetitive, where, mm -hmm. like, it's not creative anymore. You're kind of mm -hmm. just, like, in a channel. Uh, then, like, yeah, you got you to gotta start doing, like, a new project. Yeah. At least that's how it is for me. So I know you also, like, are a musician. So how did you start kind of, like, cultivating, like, your other creative skills outside of visual art? Um, I think, you know, I grew up in uh, the era of disco. And so uh, when I came into music, it was at a time when it was really loud and and yeah. exciting and... and uh, Synthy. Yes, synthy yeah. and movement. You know, it was <laughs> yeah. just all about... And as a, a seven, eight, nine-year-old, that was exactly what music uh, needed to be. Yeah. And, uh, and... And so I was kind of drawn to music at a young age. I started taking piano. Um, I wasn't very, I didn't apply myself. Yeah. I learned enough to kind of be, uh, to get through a piano yeah. piece. And then I dropped it. But a piano was in our bedroom as yeah. a child. And so like actually in my, my yeah. uh, the bedroom that I shared with my brother. 
And so it became just a tool that was yeah. in the room and it was something to bang on and play. play. And, and interestingly enough, when I went off to college, uh, I would f be in an art lab where we have maybe three hours uh, to do work in class. And I would just feel blocked and not be able to get through it. And I would walk out of the art department and walk into the music department that was next door yeah. building, get into one of the practice uh, rooms there with a the piano practice and it closets. would unlock yeah. <laughs> whatever block I had yeah. and then I could go back to art and keep working. So, so I kind of saw them as a tandem. Yeah a way to break through, uh, and, and certainly here having the piano here, as you can see it right in front yeah, of us. It's I'm, a really nice, beautiful I probably, room is so pretty. Oh, thank you. The, um, you know, four of us play and, and I'll start the younger boys on it soon, but, um, and they're constantly on the piano. Uh, it's, it, I still do that. I, yeah. I come to the piano when to you need kind of, yeah, to push through or, yeah, that's, yeah. Do you feel like it's like a, do you feel like it's about your ears or do you feel like it's about like, it's a tactile thing? You know, uh, we were having a conversation last night about yeah. that. And I think, um, I, since I don't read music very well, since I stopped, you know, when I was seven or eight, I picked up the saxophone through junior high. And so I know the treble clef a lot better than I know the bass clef. Yeah. Um, I will, I'll find a song, uh, that I just really connect to and I'll painstakingly pick through it and yeah. then learn it. Um, by heart. And then once I, once my fingers know it, of course I go back over it and try to put the emotion back into it. And, and there's been a piece that I've played of Chopin's, uh, for years now that I can't get right. And yeah. I keep going back to it and playing it over and over again. And so, yeah, I think a lot of it is in, and it's the same, you know, I've played it thousands of times now, um, with varying levels of success. And, and I think, uh, there's something about coming back to it mm. in that exercise. Like you're yeah. talking about just coming back to whatever yeah. it is. It's therapy. It lights up like a little yeah. piece of your brain that like you need yeah. in order to like get really creative. Yeah. And interestingly enough that that's a, that's how I start uh, my artwork as well. I yeah. go through a process that feels um, like scales in, yeah. a, in a sense. I, um, if you've seen any of my artwork, it usually starts with binary code, which mm -hmm. is painting ones and zeros. And as you can imagine, it gets, can get very monotonous, yeah. but you can lose yourself in the repetitive. It's almost like yeah. a machine. Yeah. And it gets me uh, feeling almost like a dog circling to sit down. Mm. Um, it's that I'm finding my comfortable right. spot. And kind of like, like that creativity. method kind of like lets yep. you unlock like a thing. Yeah. We'll definitely talk about that more later. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really, that's great. That's really interesting. Um, so I'd like, I'd like to know more about like how you went from like, you know, a child who's playing creatively to like someone who's really developing creative skills enough mm -hmm. to the point where you're thinking about majoring in college mm -hmm. in something creative. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like sometimes we like glaze over that, but I feel like to make the decision to like major in something creative in college. Yeah you have to, like things have to be going on right. in your mind and like in your world. So yeah, I'd love to know more about like kind of how, how you started getting more serious about stuff, presumably in like your early teens. So I, um, in, in my teens, I thought for sure, I'd love to draw. I was really involved in art in high school. Um, uh, was the president of the national art honor society 
in high school, was very involved in the art program there at school, and had an incredible teacher, uh, Molly Leinbarger, who uh, really put the passion of creativity into yeah. all of his students. And I knew I was going to go into some kind of creative field, and but I didn't know how I was going to get there. And there, there was an economic downturn around the time that mm-hmm. I was graduating, and so it looked like kind of at the last minute I was going to need to pay for college or get a scholarship. And I scrambled a little bit, um, not knowing what to do. And, um, with some, uh, concern from my parents, I think they didn't want me to go off too far. And I kept looking at the coast. So I was like, I've got to get out of Texas. Creativity doesn't happen here. I kind of sold myself that lie. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to do that when you're, you, when your home kind of means a certain thing to you, yeah, I've got to get away. It kind of doesn't matter what's actually there. It's true. I, I totally get that. Well, and and I think this has been something I've t- told myself uh, my entire life that I needed to go somewhere in order to be seen yeah. or in order to do credible art. Yeah, and that's just not true, as you know. And and of course, with the internet. What the death of that distance is yeah. you know, it's on our doorstep now. I was just talking about this with someone the other day. Like, it's it's retrospect can get so tricky. Like, you can look back and think like, oh, if only I would have you know some if I would have been known. But then it's like maybe you just you couldn't have like you yeah. you didn't. You did the best that you could then. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like you're. I don't know. There's something like developmental that like you just kind yeah. of have to like execute in like a, mm-hmm. um, like an inefficient way or something. Right. Well, there's certainly lessons to be learned from the mistakes that you make or the missteps that you would have, you know. Yeah. Um, so before that, when you were like still in high school, I mean, I really think like, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but in order to even have like this kind of relationship with a mentor, you kind of, I think you kind of have to be like a student who's kind of showing like, I need more. Yeah, I think... I think that was more, um, I was, it was because, because it was something that I hung my hat on. It was something I was curious about and constantly pursuing. I did well at it. And, um, and as you know, this accumulative skill that you, that you acquire from time, it doesn't just happen. people constantly would tell you you're talented. Right. Yeah. And I've heard you talk about this before too. It's like (laughs) talent. That's not really what this is. This is applied skill over a long period of time. And so it shows to be easy to you. Yeah. Um, but ultimately it was just something that I had worked at over and over again. And maybe the talent, the talent quote unquote was that I was curious and attached to it right? in pursuit of it. I mean, that's, I mean, that's always what I think I go, I I interview people sometimes who will be like, no, I really think talent like is a thing. I always just feel like, you know, I've seen kids who are super talented who just, they don't, they're not curious. They don't care. Mm -hmm. And I just think like, well, that's fine. You know, like I sometimes am tempted to think like that's a waste, but then I just think like, it's not a waste. It's just not, they just, it's just not, it's just not what everybody else wants to call it. Right. Um, and then I see kids who like, you know, can really be a dark horse with, with the stuff that they're doing. And like, you know, they don't maybe have anything, 
that looks or sounds like really interesting to other people, but like they're thinking. Right. And then like, you know, you see it kind of like grow. Yeah. And everybody's different, which is why I like to ask people like what was going on with Mm -hmm. you? Because I think some, some people like, it's so clear that they're so like, you know, talented, like whatever this word means when they're so little that like, it just, it's just like a given. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then I think some kids are just like, they're curious and they're kind of sparkly and they're kind of like exploratory. And I don't know, those things hit people in different ways. And you kind of like, you come, you cross paths with like the mentors, hopefully that are going to kind of like mean something to you. So when you were like a younger teen, you already kind of felt like this is part of my identity. This yep. is important to me. For sure. And I was taking art classes uh, outside of school. I would, my mom would put me into um, some art classes that happened uh, through the summer. And, and I would constantly be looking for it. Consequently, at the same time, computers, personal computers started becoming yeah. a thing. And my parents bought me a TI-4899 computer that I had inside my oh room. My and it was the coolest thing and it did nothing you know it did <laughs> nothing but I thought it was the coolest thing and that started this uh technology yeah. kind of in tandem with art that I am still fascinated with yeah um the um the beginnings of that happened there and of course I moved into um illustration in college so the story went that I was really interested in being um, an animator. Yeah, I was. I thought, oh, I could go. I kind of idealized Disney, and I yeah. could go and put my talents to work for this great powerhouse. And when I was looking around, when it was evident that I needed to pick some kind of state college um, so that we could afford it and yeah. that I could go reasonably, and um, I was looking around at different programs and. East Texas State, which is now Texas A&M Commerce, was really attractive to me because they had a smaller campus. It seemed more personable, um, fit my personality better. And they had a degree in illustration, which felt like the closest thing that I could get to animation here in Texas at the time. Um, And so that that was the direction I moved. And and through those classes in... in, um, in high school, I left with some pretty good drawing skills. Um, and so I was confident that I could kind of take that um, and move with it. The other thing that was happening, too, was that I was realizing that I was gay. Yeah. And so the practicality of living at my parents' house for an extended time. Yeah, it was just like it wasn't. It, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I needed to find a job. I needed yeah. to get out and I needed to have my own place. Um, and so that forced me to make some decisions that I probably uh, wouldn't have made otherwise. I think I probably would have leaned on them more, maybe either chose a studio art uh, major, got my master's degree, but a little bit more dependent upon my parents and stayed around the house a little bit longer. Yeah. But it wouldn't have, I I felt like I was going to explode. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, yes, that I... Yeah. It's such a tender time, it like, is. Uh, which is why, like, I'm obsessed with it. I like to ask about it. I also want to ask you. F- I think for artists who felt like a lot of their kind of self worth was like wrapped around their art in those kind of teen years, mm-hmm. that can be dangerous um, at a time when your kind of self worth is so like fragile. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you feel like, you know, as you kind of moved into a more competitive environment like 
how how did you keep balancing like maybe harsher criticism of your work or like you know is there were there lessons there that you felt like you were having to learn you know coming so i went to a private school at texas i mean at uh, trinity christian academy for high school and and so when i got to college it felt a little bit easier than I had yeah. anticipated. Yeah, that's great. Which made me at the same time wonder, am I not challenging myself? Mm. Should I really be at this coastal school yeah, that I've where been I'm dreaming about? Be a small fish in a big right. pond, finally. Right. Yeah. But then I realized, well, I just need to push through and continue to challenge myself in it. And 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 I felt that I was competitive in my classes in college. Yeah. Uh, pretty easily, if you want to call it competition, there was such an environment of support. Yeah. And and I was used to the critiques. We would have those in, in high school all the That's time. Great. So it wasn't a new experience to have people stand up and even classmates yeah. be critical about the work. Yeah. Uh, I learned great. to kind of take all of that with a grain of salt. It's like, does that fit for me? Yeah. Is it something I want to apply? If a great idea came out of it, great. It's better. That's so awesome. I, I feel like so many of us, like, we have to, we have to earn that kind of balance, like such, so much later. So that. Well, it was, it was creating with a group in high school. uh, We had a team of kids that all ran around together. We were all creative and, and we would talk about our art all the time. We spent any of our, all of our free time that we had in high school in that art room. What kind of stuff were you talking about? Like, do you remember what you were like lit Um, up about back then? Well, it was teenagers. It was teenager stuff for the most part, but I think it was, um, being excited by, uh, the projects that were going on and the different kinds of kinds of tone that were, that was being created in the room with, uh, people's personalities actually coming through, whether they, whether it was intentional or not. I think, uh, there was a point where I realized that um, as an illustrator in college that that pushing this style, this is the way that I draw, you have to market yourself in a certain way so yeah. that people can identify you. you. Like mark, yeah. Yes, what, when they look at, at your... And that's true, I think, of a lot of artists commercially become successful because of their sound or yeah. their look and people can identify their artwork without seeing anything right, written. You kind of have you know. your brand. Yeah. You hear it and it's like, Oh, that's obviously yeah. in the genre. Um, but I, I think that was happening there in high yeah. school. We didn't quite understand it, that we were just being ourselves yeah. and that's what created that style. Yeah. I love like, I love the idea that like you had these teenage, this teenage group of friends mm-hmm. who were, you know, kind of thinking sort of like high-mindedly in that mm-hmm. way. That's really special. I give a lot of credit to Wally Leinbarger, yeah. who a lot created that environment. Yeah. It was a safe space for us to really explore yeah. and would would kind of throw out new, as teachers do, new ideas and new uh, media for us to try all yeah. the time. So that's, it was that's so important. It's a great environment. Yeah, I, I, I was just talking about this with, uh, Chef Jose, who I interviewed last night, about like the you know that that type of like creativity in leadership, where like you are trying to inspire a certain type of an attitude without you know maybe ever exactly saying it. But I yeah. it sounds like that teacher That's, was really doing that. It was there, yeah. He was thinking about you guys, you know, not in his class, but like as humans, like right, right. you know. How do we moving express? about the world? Correct. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting, and and so lucky. Like, well, I mean, what a what a gift to have someone teaching you how to be like a 
like a balanced, like generous, curious mm-hmm. artist at such a young age. When and I feel like and so really many, passionate about it yeah. and, and learning how to kind of create that spark for yourself. That's, that was really important there as well. Yeah. Like, um, grabbing new creativity, yeah. like from your grinding yeah. the wheel and getting back in that's, there. Yeah. That's right. great. Yeah. Okay, so did am I crazy? Did you major in music for a minute? Is I that did. a thing that happened? No, that's and I didn't major it. I was I was choosing at one point. So I went to a community college right out of high school and it gave me kind of a few minutes to kind of collect my thoughts and figure out, okay, where's my track now? Yeah. If I'm not gonna go to one of these coastal schools, what where is my path? And during that time I got involved with a jazz choir at a community college yeah. here locally a great director, another great creative outlet for me. I always enjoyed singing. I touched a little bit of musicals in high school, not really much of it. Um, But again, I always had that kind of musical mind. And um, so I was singing so much in the jazz choir during those early years in college that it, I thought for a moment, I think I probably could make a career out of being a jazz vocalist. At the time, um, I was looking at... University of North Texas and their uh, vocal jazz studies. I mean, in the infancy, it was kind of just starting. They, they didn't quite even have approval on the curriculum. And that was the semester when I needed to decide, are you going to go to Mm -hmm. East Texas state and follow this supposed lifelong dream you've had? Or are you going to take this new path into music? Yeah. And it was, it was a tough decision, but because the curriculum wasn't really yeah. formed at yeah. that time, it made the decision for me. I was like, well, I'm not going to go hang my hat on something that might happen. And I didn't feel like I had enough talent in any other areas of music that I felt like I'll just jump and the bridge will appear right. there. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes perfect sense. So um, I just have one more question before we like get into college. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, as you were kind of you know, telling people, like, I'm going to major in art, was there any, like really? Or like, how are you going to make that make work? That? Yeah. I think that came from me. Honestly, I had, my parents were supportive. My mother was very much a, I just want you to be happy. Yeah. Um, and my, my dad was really, he was practical for sure. He was, you know, wanted to get us start to think about how we're going to function as adults yeah. outside of the house. But he also wanted to support us in following what our heart's desire too. Yeah. Um, I, I think he, he was the one that kind of helped me think practically about how are you going to apply your art yeah. to make money sooner? I think not knowing that I was having the, you know, I'm gay, I've yeah, got to get out of here. you're dealing with this whole other thing. Yes. It was completely separate. They weren't really, um, aware of it that, that he was helping me kind of piece that together and figure out how I was mm-hmm. going to, yeah. <laughs> live on my own quickly. And Sounds it, like, sorry, go ahead. And it was great. I mean, it was, yeah. I, I don't look back on that and think he gave me bad advice or, yeah. or that he wasn't supportive at all. I mean, it I, sounds like they were supportive. They were. And my dad was yeah. kind of dabbled in photography and, and I feel like I got a lot of my compositional skills from my father. Yeah. Um, I they got were a, kind of teaching you how to like look at the world yes, and see things. Yeah. And I'm, and I don't know if it was intentional. Yeah. I think they were just being them and, here they had this little creative child and they were like, great, keep doing that. You're, yeah. Yeah. We really, oh, that's you're, awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, I'm trying to like think of like exactly what I want to say, but I think I just feel like, I don't know, sort of moved that like, you know, your parents are like, you know, 
they're in Texas. Mm -hmm. They're like very religious, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But like also just so open about this thing, about this creativity and like, you know, having you pursue art. I don't know. I just, I, we were talking about this last night too, but I feel like I, I feel like I, I always come back around to just feeling like people are so, people are capable of like so much. Yeah. Like people, if you take time to kind of think like what's interesting about you, like there's going to be something and I, I can just, I mean, I've never met your parents, but I just feel like I can just imagine them like, you know, I can imagine that being like a little surprise that they like were so um, open to you, like exploring in those ways. Yeah. I think they weren't, I mean, my mother was no stranger to creativity. She had a very creative mother. Her sister is incredibly creative. She grew up in that environment and it was no surprise to them that they had this little boy that loved to do that stuff. Yeah. And certainly I grew up with asthma and a lot of times I feel like I was brought into the house to calm down with those projects as well. Here's some colors. Here's a coloring book. You know, let's calm down. Yeah. Yeah, Breathe. And so, uh, it was, it was encouraged, you know, for me to kind of follow that. And again, like I said, they put me in, in art classes that helped cultivate that that was yeah. my identity outside of just what everyone else was doing. Yeah. You know, yeah, we all go to art class, but Jonathan but does this, this extra. extra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this, uh, I, I feel like I see a lot of, I mean, I just, I think about this maybe just because I teach so many teenagers, yeah. but I, I see a lot of parents who, you know, they put their kids in music, um, or art or whatever, almost like it's resume building or something. But then if the child like is serious about that, they're like, oh no, you were never supposed to be serious about that. Yeah, we're just cultivating this skill yeah. for you. Yeah. We just want you to have some, we want you to be well-rounded when you go to law school right? or whatever. Um, so, you know, so I, I don't know. I just, I like hearing their parents were like, we want you to be happy. Like yeah. do, do, and they, you know, really you, you felt, I, it, I'm hearing that you felt like you had options. Oh, for sure. I, I felt, um, it was, it was kind of like, well, what, what are you going to do with it? So you have yeah. this, you have, you this, have this talent, this. what are you going to do with it? And, yeah. and it was, once it came time for me to start making those decisions for college, it was a, what are you going to do with this right. amount of money? Yeah. You know, how can we make this work for you? Let's be practical about it. Yeah. Um, as, and be creative about it. And be creative like, about it. Right. Here are like, here's the money that we have. Here's what's nearby mm-hmm. here. You know, just kind of thinking about it. So you moved to East Texas to go mm-hmm. to what is now A&M. Correct. And how was it? What did you learn there? Like, you know, it was great. What I, happened? I, I didn't have the dorm experience or, at all in college. I saw I, the black cat. Yeah. <laughs> we do have a black cat, a visiting vet black cat. It, Buster didn't see it. Buster didn't bat an eye. Um, we, so I moved directly into my own apartment. So it felt almost instantly like I was getting some independence, uh, like fast track to independence. Yeah. And, uh, and so that experience was great. The, my, my world opened up quickly, even in this small little town of, you know, 5,000 people, five to seven, I think it was at the time. I'm not sure now. Um, but it was a big enough playground for me to feel free. Yeah. And, uh, and that was a, that was a great experience. The, the commercial art department there at the time was highly revered. And so I was, uh, taking courses from some of the, 
the yeah. top local graphic designers in the area, uh, some of which I still highly respect to this yeah. day, and and learning some great uh, tools that would that I could apply for my own business to the future. And That's and again, awesome. I was I was going and thinking I was going to be an illustrator that was right. going to make money uh, doing that, but it it turned. Uh, of course, the path yeah. doesn't always end up Is, going. Was graphic design like? new around that time no like, graphic design had been around for a while graphic design uh kind of had I that think of it as computers yeah exactly and it's not it, it yeah. kind of had that huge surge in the 50s mad men um, right 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 advertising it was all connected to that um but it was uh it's it had been around and 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 was quite an industry by the time I showed up to college. So it was, it was busy. It was, yeah. and then, but you were there at a time that like computers were like, it was transitional. So we had yeah. a, we had actually a, a type class where we would draw type. That's wow. how we were kind of on that. But we also had yeah. kind of an intro to computers. It was just when software was coming out where you could actually do all that sort of thing yeah. in computers. And, and it was a great, had I not taken those computer courses, I probably would have felt a little stunted when I graduated. Yeah. But it was enough of a um, a foot into it that I was comfortable in that arena right when I got out. And then, of course, you learn on the job. Yeah. So, Did you feel, like, while you were in college, any, like, of that kind of, like, doubt that some of us, like, go through at some point? Well, there certainly was... I, the school was so good at placing, I guess not really placing, but, but preparing students for, uh, getting jobs. Yeah. The only real question was, was the market going to be right. ready to receive it? Like if businesses were not successful, then graphic they, designers don't have like jobs. The first thing that goes right. for people, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but you felt like felt this prepared. program is a good program. Oh, and yeah. like I, left, I'm, I left with a portfolio and, and so I, I went into illustration didn't really find my voice in illustration. Yeah. I kept feeling like I was handling the, I wasn't putting my mark on the project like we talked about. I yeah. was handling, uh, I was trying to find the best illustration style for the project. So it ended up being that I had this, because I had all these tools, I was introduced to that in high school. Yeah, A lot of different media to work from. I could uh, put those skills to use and I ended up with, illustration styles all over the map yeah and I couldn't decide you, on one yeah. that I liked it which really set me up to be a graphic designer so you're super flexible exactly yeah. I could go I could create a portfolio with graphic design projects that use my illustration so it was almost like a graphic designer like a illustrated and, yeah. and then it was easier for me to get a job ultimately because of those skills yeah um when you were having this feeling like you know I I need to find my voice in it like I'd love to just hear you talk more about like what that meant and what that means. Um, I, I think it, in terms of illustration, is that what you're saying? Funny? Anything like just, you know, it like, I, I guess I, I guess what I'm really thinking is, you know, when, cause still you're what, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. 20. Yeah. 20, I, I'm 20, fascinated with this period of in our lives, like <laughs> yeah. just to, like in terms of like human development and just thinking like, I feel like what happens during that time is so pivotal. It defines like it can really like, so I'm, I'm wondering about this kind of gut instinct that you're like, my, I can tell that my voice isn't in this. And like, just at that age, like, what does that mean? Like, where does that kind of confidence come from to be saying like, I just yeah. feel like this isn't where my voice is. And yeah. I, you know, I think, um, 
I had been so interested in art and people's careers to that point. Like, how do I, um, I was looking at, you know, design annuals and illustration annuals that were coming out. Um, and so you could see, Mm -hmm. you can see the pattern there and you can see kind of who rises to the top because of that strong look, they would solve problems for the client, but it always had their mark on it. So, um, and and I never felt like I was completing that circle, that I was creating yeah. a consistent enough look that it felt like ultimately mine yeah. and the client's. That's so interesting. So am I hearing you right that like it's it wasn't so much like this kind of like internal sense of lack. It was like you're looking at yeah. it and you're going like, I'm not there. I and don't I was, have that yet. Yeah. And it's commercial art. I'm doing it yeah. for um, my focus is not wasn't on how am I going to elevate me here? Yeah. It was how am I going to solve this for the client? Right. And that ultimately, that idea is more of a graphic designer, advertiser's yeah. point of view. Kind of more flexible. More yeah. flexible in let's solve this problem in the best way for the client. Yeah. And that was already, I was already starting to think of, of the commercial aspects of it. Like how, yeah. how what's the best way to make money yeah. for this person? Yeah. So, um, is that means that if I don't have the right illustration style, I'm not a good fit for that project. Right. Yeah. Um, but a lot of illustrators, you, you would bring a project to them. I doubt they would say, I'm not a good fit for this project. Right. They're going to do it in their style and they're yeah. going to do it for you. You may not like what they end up doing for right. you. It may not be, may not hit the mark, Yeah. but you also selected them based off of their work. Right. So it was, it was kind of, I had enough of a, an awareness of the market that I knew how I was going to need to market myself if I was going to be successful in that arena. And I just didn't have it. Yeah. Um, if someone were to say, bring me your illustration portfolio, I would have a ton of apologies. Yeah. You know, this does feel cohesive, but this was for this project and look how great it worked. And this was for that. And yeah. And so it was pretty obvious to me that I needed to pull that together and also worked well with me getting that instant job that I was looking for to give me some freedom. So when you kind of had this thought of like, it's clear to me that illustration is not like the permanent home. Did you feel any sort of sense of loss or did you feel more like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. You know, at first I think I did. I, I had, because I was abandoning this uh, long dream. Yeah, a yeah. long dream because illustration was kind of the I'm was the pause for me. It was I'm going to go into this and make some money and then I'm going to transition into what I really want to be, whether that's mm-hmm. a studio artist or a animator yeah. or whatever. And so there was it's interesting. I don't I don't think that I've ever thought of it in those terms, but I think you're right. I think there was kind of a I am selling my soul yeah. a little bit for this. It was a, it felt maybe like a little bit of a sellout, but ultimately even as artists were creating to communicate, you know, yeah. in whatever way, I totally. mean, and, and the practicality of, is it, if you want to continue to doing that, you need to sell. Oh you know? yeah. I mean, yes, it's such a, it's such a double-edged sword. Well, and I was thinking too, like when you have those kinds of pivotal, like those kinds of like, Oh, I thought it was this, but yeah. it's maybe not this. Yeah, that's you know, a real world. It can breakup. also sort of, I think it can make you kind of doubt your instincts. It can make you kind of go like, I always thought this was a thing. And 
you know, but it yeah. sounds like you, it was the opposite for you. You were kind of like coming into the thing. And I was, I think because I could see a faster track to freedom for me personally, yeah. I think that's where I was okay, why I was okay with it. Yeah. The other thing was that I'm a, I'm a people person. I came from a pretty uh, loud family. Yeah. We all have some pretty big personalities. And when I realized that as an illustrator, I was going to be in a room Alone all the staring time. at my materials, yeah. Yeah. dealing with someone over the phone or fax at that time, yeah. it felt, fax. yeah, fax machine. What is a fax machine? What is a fax machine? Look it up. <laughs> so there is, there was a little bit of a relief that yeah. I was now going to be working with a team and had continued to have a mentor that was helping yeah. me through that. And, and, um, and so it seemed like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. You know, this is the next step for me. I didn't plan for that to be my path, but yeah. here I am. And that's the next step. Yeah. You, know? you, you didn't know it was an option. Mm -mm. And then when you felt, found it like, mm -hmm. oh, this is the thing. Yeah. We, we were talking about that the other night. So the, our five-year-old now in kindergarten is, they have a career day coming up and he's supposed to interview someone that uh, he's interested in perhaps yeah. being in that oh gosh, field. What does that even mean to a five-year-old? That's exactly what yeah. I was asking. I was like, okay, so he, a phlebotomist, like he, yeah. there's so many jobs that he you would not even, even consider. consider. Yeah. So we're going to choose a fireman, a police officer, a, you know, the these, jobs that have costumes. That's right. The Exactly. Yeah. The limited occupational fields that he can even identify. Right. And if he's, and if he happens to choose paleontologist, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to find one. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah. So this is a, the, it's interesting. You get into, as we all know, as you grow to be an adult, you see a broader view of the world and more yeah. options become available. It's almost like a, a tree. I, you get on the prickly branches at some point. Yeah. I definitely think about it like that. Like the world definitely looks that way to me, but I, I certainly see people who like, it's almost like they want to get tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. Like they don't see the branches at all because- it's too scary of a thought that like they could be on another one, you know? But the practicality of being an artist, I think forces that broader view. Once you yeah. get to that field, you're like, how am I going to make money here? Yeah. Is it just teaching or, you know, am I famous or am I teaching? Are those right. the two options? You yeah, know? totally. Well, I, I do think like, I mean, I was teaching college for a little while and I definitely saw some students who, thought they were going to be, it was like, they would get this totally one track. Like yeah. I am going to live in this place and I'm going to produce exactly this kind of music. And that's all, you know, like, right. and I would just be thinking like, you cannot be thinking like this, but it's that <laughs> fear. It's kind of like yeah. a, I need to have like a plan or like, mm -hmm. I don't know, it might all fall apart, but mm -hmm. I, I think you're right. I mean, we'll see what happens with those students. They're still in school. Right. Of them. So there's a long but path. I, I tend to think that for people who who keep being creative, you're applying like large scale creative to your career. Right. Um, I think it's I think it's kind of necessary, which is which is one reason why I want to have conversations with artists who've had a little bit of longevity. For you know anyone who maybe is listening who's younger and thinking that they maybe like have a real idea, yeah, you know just to remember like these things can be very these things can be very meandering, you right. know? Yeah. So after college, what happened? Or is there anything else in college that you feel like no, is important? No, I think, um, had some wonderful teachers that made some great connections for me in the field. And then, um, 
I essentially pulled my portfolio together and went out and interviewed at places that had job offerings and landed with an incredible group of people um, at uh, Gibbs Baronet, a design firm that was in the West End um, here in downtown Dallas. And, and I could not have selected a better group of people to begin yeah. this new life with. They were uh, open hearts, uh, great sense of design, really crafted uh, my ability to see and organize yeah. in ways that I hadn't anticipated and very grateful yeah. to have landed where I did there. What, what kind of like, can you be more specific about like some of these kind of like brain opening so, skills you yeah. were learning? Well, first, uh, um, the first thing that I remember seeing when I walked into the office was that they had in the corner of uh, the end, at the end of the hallway, they had the words balance and excellence um, in vinyl letters on the wall. And I loved this idea of striving for the best that we can and also keeping a real sense of balance in your life. Yeah. We are real people here. Yeah. So we're going to work hard, but we're going to play hard too. Yeah. And that was refreshing because mm -hmm. when you leave college and you think I'm kicked into the real world and here's yeah. your nine to five and right. is this it's all kind of cold and dead? Yes. And here yeah. I am sitting in this desk all day. It was not that at all. Yeah. There was, you turn the corner from that hallway and there was a punching bag that was yeah. hanging down <laughs> in the middle in of the workspace. Just blow off some steam at work. And I loved that. I loved that visually it said, get it out. Yeah. You know, and so that, and that really was a great, a visual for what the company was for me. It was a, it was therapy yeah. in a lot of ways and helped me reframe the past that I'd come from in a very religious background, yeah. not really loving that self at all mm -hmm. in me yeah. and being able to say I'm gay and I'm proud to be gay. Yeah. Actually, there's something that's lovable about me around yeah. that. And had I not had those group of people, I wouldn't have been able to say it out loud. Yeah. Um, Do you so. want to like talk more about that? Like what that, I mean, I, sometimes with these things, they're so individual. I, it's hard for me to think of like a specific question. Yeah, sure. But I feel like we all know kind of like what's like special or meaningful about like our stories. Um, and I feel like I, there must be like, you know, like what does that mean of kind of like, like what, what did that mean for you to be able to like take that kind of self that was like kind of, I don't know, like buried in some things? You know, it was, I grew up in a very loving home um, with a lot of humor and a lot of laughter and any conflicts that my parents had happened behind closed doors. It was for better or worse. I don't know if that was a good, yeah. <laughs> a good way to handle it or not. Uh, sometimes I wonder if I want if seeing them fight in front of us would have given me better skills, yeah. you know, as an adult to deal with that. But, um, cause I know they did, I know they had arguments yeah. because they would no be one. like, can I see you in the room? Yeah. <laughs> they would leave. <laughs> so, um, but it was, it was a very healthy environment, but it was, it was centered around Christianity. And of course, um, they had no clue that I was dealing with, yeah. you know, these feelings. And so I felt in a lot of ways, like I was raised in enemy's camp, despite yeah. all that love. I felt like once they know who the real me is, they're not going to love me anymore. That's such a terrible feeling. 
And it was, it was, I mean, of course it was all self-inflicted. It was all, it was me saying that to myself. Yeah, but I you had, just don't know. I had a no idea how they yeah. were going to respond. I know what they believe because they speak it. Yeah. Um, did we talk about homosexuality in the house? No. We're children with two parents that just wasn't really talked about. Yeah. But had, did we hear about it at, at church? Yes. Was that, you know, of course it comes up. We know yeah. uh, what they're going to, what they'll think. And I, but I don't remember my parents being making any disparaging comments about homosexuals or yeah. it being a, an environment that felt like they were going to set me on fire if they found yeah. out, you know, you just didn't know. I just, yeah. Were you out at a and I came, um, out to a few people there, probably two and it was two, maybe two or three that knew. And it was more because they were gay too. And yeah. it, we kind of found out. Yeah. Um, but it was never, it wasn't something that I did until I was at this design firm. It yeah. wasn't something I was able to say out loud. I don't think I even said the words, you know, yeah. I'm gay. So what was it like? Like, you know, you start working with these people, you're not out. Mm-hmm. And then like, st- you know, cause I feel right. like a lot of people, if they're gonna, you know, come out with their sexuality or just any kind of big, right, it's news. like they put themselves in a brand new spot so they and can that's like have exactly a clean what slate. I did. That's exactly what I did. Oh. I felt like I needed to disconnect from my family, create a new family, a chosen family. Yeah. So you started with that company. I like- did. And I, well, I, so as I became more comfortable in myself, I became less comfortable around my family mm. because I had to lie in order to be around them. Yeah. And that, that disconnect of course would pull you're pulled like a rubber band and it can only go so far before it pops. And that's exactly what happened. So, so I, I, I isolated myself and I, and I got to a point, um, with these group of incredible, um, colleagues that, that I was comfortable enough with me and my family that I knew I had a place to run to. Yeah. I knew I had some people that would hug me and say, I love you just the way that you are. Yeah. If my family wasn't able to do that. Mm. And, and then I was so comfortable in that spot that I was able to say, um, I don't want to continue choosing whether or not I have a relationship with my family. I want them to make that decision. now. So I'm going to tell them my truth. And if they choose to not be in my life anymore. Well, that's the choice that they're going to make, but I don't want to choose it for them now because I want to be around them. Yeah. So I'm going to let them make that choice. Yeah. And that's ultimately what it came down to. I wrote my parents a letter on uh, the night of my 27th birthday. Oh my gosh. And kind of handed to it, handed it to them and ran. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, here's a bomb and I'll be over here. Um, because I didn't think I was going to be able to get through saying it to them because they were so loving because my family's so loving and I cared so much about them. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to be able to collect myself and even get through it because it was so, I was so vulnerable. Yeah. I wouldn't even be able to articulate what I wanted to articulate and then it would just be what's well, going on. And I imagine like the, the fear that you could watch, like you could mm-hmm. see like some shift. Yes. I didn't want to be there You don't want to see it. You don't want that in, in your, in your vault. I didn't want to be there to remember that exactly. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted to be able to say it and, and push it away and, and then let them come to me when they had time to deal with it. I, yeah. the realization that happened, um, in coming out was that I realized that 
they needed the same kind of time to manage the truth that I did in my own self. I had years and years of struggling with it, grappling with it. Um, And I needed to give them that kind of time to deal with it. For some people that come out, they expect their family members to just respond and be loving and yay, knowing that their worldview or their religious backgrounds are not going to be supportive of it. And and so I felt like I needed to give them time to deal with it. Their own you know, coming out. And that's ultimately what happened. I felt like there was some damage that happened with my relationship with my father at the time. And he took me to lunch and said, um, something (laughs) he said, uh, if our relationship was in a vacuum, we wouldn't be friends anymore. Yeah. Which really hurt. And, 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 and then later I was so angry. I was like, I didn't feel like we were friends anyway. I felt like we we yeah. had separated ourselves to where we weren't friends. And so for you to say that we, it was just, I yeah. had so many emotions around it. Yeah, that's so and hard. My, and my mother was very, your father feels this way. You need to tell your siblings. Didn't really yeah. talk about how she felt about it. I think in a lot of ways she knew. But as mothers do or parents that are primary caregivers yeah. would know about their children. But I, I think... Um, it was, it ultimately was something that had to happen. I couldn't hold on to that anymore. Yeah. And, and was, I, a lot of people, I held, I almost told everyone in my life with the exception of my family. And that yeah. seemed completely wrong to yeah. me. And, and I, and I kept convincing myself it wasn't going to be a big deal. I just had these few people to tell, yeah. like I already feel out. I'm really confident. I like who I am, yeah. but it really changed. I mean, your family just, they are in your identity oh, in yeah. such an intense way for often better, for often worse, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. is. They've made us in a lot of yeah. ways, right? Yeah. And, and and as much as you like would like, you know, to be impervious to feelings sometimes, yeah. like it's just, it's not an option. <laughs> uh, so how, how was that like, um, oh, Buster is so cute. I'm so distracted <laughs> by him. He's so cute. He's our resident teddy bear, I need walking to teddy bear. I cuddle him before I leave. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, how was that? Like, how did that affect your work? Like, I mean, I assume right. it, it did. You know, I had at the time, interestingly enough, I started painting before I came out to, again, I kind of got back into studio art while I was being a graphic designer. And I was doing things in my paintings to try to communicate with them. That was the reason that I started with binary code. Yeah. It was kind of this hidden language for me to be able to say what I wanted to say and no one know about it. Yeah, I yeah, could put yeah. it out in full view. Um, and actually, when I think back on it, I was doing it for me in a way. It was a catharsis yeah. exercise, cathartic exercise. I was really doing it for me. I wasn't really doing it for anyone else. Um, but it was a way for me to be almost like test it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Totally get that. It's moved now to mean other things to me, but, um, but in a lot of that would those, yeah. that's where it began. I feel really similar about a lot of things like, um, the, the, the original kind of impetus for me to like do certain kinds of art were definitely like, I felt like I needed some kind of a safe way to mm-hmm. like just test some things. Mm-hmm. And now that I no longer feel like I'm in testing mode, now that I feel like, you know, integrated right. uh, and like, you know, I'm my, my 
life is less compartmentalized. I'm, I'm more like, you know, everything kind of is more free flowing. Mm -hmm. Um, those, those, that art can mean different things, but I certainly like needed it for like some, like, how would this feel? Like, how does this, how does it feel to like say this or try on this different type of a, an identity or this Mm -hmm. different type of a, um, a role Right. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. So you were actually, you were saying in binary, like specific S- messages. That's how it started. Yeah. I yeah. was actually, I would decode it or code it. I would cut, co- I would write it out and then find out what it was in binary. And then when I'd paint, I would paint it. And, um, I loved the idea of taking it to a paintbrush, taking something that was very digital, mm-hmm. taking it to a paintbrush mm-hmm. because, um, it was almost like I needed to say it in an expressive way. Yeah. It, the computer was way too absent of human and I needed to, to be human. And so those, the marriage of those two things yeah. felt natural for me. That's really interesting. So I think I had asked like, how did it start to affect your work? So you were already painting. I was already painting and, and, and I would create, um, so binary, it actually started with cartoonish figures um, that were almost caricatures of my family or mm. of my experience um, that were uh, almost recognizable, but not really, you know, it was kind yeah. of in kind of in the middle. And then um, around the same time, I started to get into architecture because I was mm. now nesting and mm-hmm. I was able to appreciate home and creating a life for myself and where is what does my home look like what what do I look like yeah and I know you understand that and and so there was a lot of liberation that was going on for me I was like finding self and and crafting self and um and so that showed up in my artwork too and if my artwork does lean heavily on the ideas of architecture and form and the way that we craft and put people together. Um, I think of a lot of my paintings as portraits. Yeah. Um, and which is why they, a lot of them have this kind of singularity in their imagery with a lot of space around the outside of them. Um, at least the paintings do. There's this, this, um, idea that we are putting ourselves out. I love the, it's moved into more of the social media aspect of us crafting our lives online mm-hmm. to show a certain self when in a lot of ways it's much more complicated, uh, than that. But, um, the binary code started back then the, uh, then the love for architecture pulled in yeah. and then the expressive side of just creating and feeling, uh, the expression of art itself. Yeah. All and do, you, do you feel like that's like still the, the thing you're in like now, that is my process yeah like yeah. like so that has been that's become my voice that's become this yeah. style that I've always felt like I was missing yeah and I just looked at self ultimately I brought those things together yeah. I brought the graphic design I brought the my love for personal architecture this yeah. this idea that I'm uh relating to people in, in yeah. a very personal way and the expressive uh aspects of art itself or painting drawing Um, and so each of, I feel like there are three different, uh, areas of my brain I go into when I'm creating art. The first is very, like I said, methodical, um, in creating, or maybe more mechanical in the way that I apply uh, paint. 
and then it becomes very uh, designed and very orderly and very yeah. selective and very, how am I going to craft this? What am I going to show much in a much different place of my brain? Um, and then, uh, immediately into emotion after that. Yeah. So is it um, always like it's in that three? it is in that it's those three, not always in that sequence. Sometimes mm-hmm. it goes back and forth. Sometimes I'll begin with drawing, which is very, very much placed to my design background. Yeah. would always begin with a thumbnail sketch or yeah. an idea. Um, and I, drawing is such at my base. I kind of, that's, that's the just, beginning. That's where it begins. That's the beginning. And then sometimes Chopin helps you. Chopin breaks me. <laughs> <laughs> Chopin will break me if I'm if I'm like if I'm circling too long. I come back to that. Yeah, oh, I love it. Um, is is there is there a piece of work that's ever like just one or two, or do you feel like every piece that you feel you know is whole has all three? Um, certainly, I think. Uh, I, I would say that the piece that feels finished is has all three. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the idea that paintings or artwork ends in comfortable. We have a visiting little puppy dog in oh. front of our house, a little Chihuahua. Hello. He has a little red coat. He's loved. I'm not sure where he came from, but here he is. I don't know. Well... He'll find his way and maybe mark he's a few spots. He's peeing on all of your trees. Yeah, he's got. I mean, he's definitely mark. loved because he does have this he's, little sweater. He's on. got a cute little Christmas sweater on. He's his his person is probably just. <laughs> they're probably like, don't make me don't, come down I'm this person. Not supposed to be in here. Come back here. <laughs> what do you think his name is? Oh, I want to name him Pico de Gallo, but I'm not. Pico, come on, Pico, Pico, don't, Pico. that's their front yard. <laughs> don't make me go in there. Don't make me, it's. I'm sure that's what's happening. Okay. They're like right at the gate, like come back here. I'm not going to worry about him. He looks loved. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's a good, happy boy. He is. Um, what, what are we talking about? Uh, the uh, the the pieces that I feel like are finished have all three of those aspects. The the I was saying that I really like the idea that paintings end in comfortable places. They're never really mm. finished. Yeah, you just kind of put the brush down and say, "Yeah, I can live with this yeah. view." And I, and you probably feel similarly with music. I would guess yeah. the crafting of it is the yeah. same. Um, you could always enhance. You could always yeah. remove. You could always edit. But you get it to a point where it's just like you kind that, of feel like uh, there that's you done. Are. Yeah. yeah, there you're done. Yeah, yeah. That's close to the vision that I had. Or if it's not, I like it better. Yeah, or, yeah. That's my favorite kind of thing. Yeah. When I, I, I frequently. I, so I've been talking a lot lately with people about, you know, like when you're gonna create something new, like, you know how much are you just kind of like going on gut instinct and how much of it is like an idea. Yeah. And my personal favorite experience is when I kind of start with like sort of an idea and then like it ends up as something that I never would have thought of. Yeah. But that's, you like it. Yeah. That's yeah. my, that, and I think like I can never ever start with this as the idea. I couldn't yeah. do it. That's right. It has to like start as something else, not work. Then like, you know, I don't know, catch me on like three different weird moods. Yeah. And then it's something that is like so ephemeral, like that um, combination of things that like led to it will just never be again. Right. And if you were to set that as the destination, the next time you would never arrive at it. Could never. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I, my favorite thing because it feels so like 
it's not real. Yeah. Like it feels like, you know, this is the muse yeah. and it's not like, no. I mean, in the sense that is no, it is no one thing. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that feels so like, it makes me feel like I didn't even make that. That's just, that was just, it happened. Yeah. Similarly, I feel when I'm painting, I've, I've described it as, so I open a door into a room. There's no lights on at all. And I am trying to make my way over to the other side of the room. And I bump into every piece of furniture, step on every Lego. I, until I get to the other side of the room and I find a light switch and I turn it on and I look back and then I understand what I was yeah, doing. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. when I understand what that process was and why and how it all fits together. And yeah. then there's a door right next to me and I hop into the next yeah. room. That's and just keep kind of like keep, move forward and then go like, yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. Right. That's what was happening. That's bump. Okay. Yeah. That's what that was. That's, and, and that works. Yeah. That's so true. And I try, I, Man, I feel like that happens in an individual piece of work and it also just happens in like a decade. You know, <laughs> I feel like sometimes I'll I'll feel like what am I doing and then I just know like yeah. you're you know, you're going to look back It'll and come be together. like oh, that's what that was. <laughs> it's really it can be very upsetting. Yeah, it can it be is. an upsetting thought. It can, but I'm maybe, in a dark room. Maybe find comfort. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing like I lately I've been kind of on one about like you know, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's like a, an American thing or if it's like a, a Mormon thing. Like, I'm really not sure, but people talk about peace in this way that I just think like, stop it. That's so overrated. <laughs> like that if you like peace is just another word for boring, you know, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think everybody's using, using things differently, but like, yeah. I, I personally feel like this sense of like, what am I doing? Like, what mm -hmm. is this chaos? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that's it's where just, living is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. And it is that kind of like, what did you call it? Like, it's, it's, I feel like you just had a catchy word for it. <laughs> Fun, comfortable or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like uncomfortable, but like, at least, you know, you're, you're moving. Yeah. You're doing something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So, okay, is there anything else that you want to talk about, about, like, you know, your your profession, like, not the capital A art, as I call it sometimes, but, like... Yeah, so um, so after I, um, I got the job at this design firm, I was there for about five years and realized it was time for me to kind of uh, jump and do my own thing. Yeah. And had I not gone through that process of, of uh, taking a job and learning the industry and understanding how to estimate and we were able to kind of see all of our jobs through. We had a client that we dealt with. Mm. We went to meetings, took notes. We were very involved with the full process of a project, yeah. uh, which is not always the experience in, in design firms or yeah. definitely not in advertising agencies. So it was a great, the small design firm, um, model was a great experience for me because I was able to jump and do my own thing after that. Um, and I was financially successful sort of right out of the gate. I was, yeah. into, I ended up making three times as much money as I was at the design firm wow. and had a lot more time. I probably, uh, 
I wow. was working half the time and making That's three times as much money. You yeah. went to being freelance and had more time Jumped. and more money. Yeah, it was really a jump <laughs> in the original awesome. kill. And I think it had a lot to do with timing. Um, I I jumped at a, at a moment when uh, the market was ready for that. And, and I had enough clients that were... Uh, coming into view, you know, kind of knowing that I did work and yeah. started to do work for the Dallas Museum of Art, doing yeah. exhibition design, which I didn't have any experience in. Yeah. I was given the opportunity to work on a project, do some graphics for it, and it kind of built into some larger projects there, opened up a new kind of field of design yeah. for me and really yeah. brought me That's into awesome. uh, the third dimension of design in a way that I hadn't experienced before. It was yeah. all very flat yeah. paper. You mean like just... Literally, Literally three dimensions. Yeah. Three dimensions. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of plays to where I am in my art at the same time, my, my painting and sculptures, I'm doing more sculptural work. I'm doing yeah. more, uh, building off of, uh, Masonite yeah. paint on Masonite. Um, so that I can really mess yeah. with the canvas. Something I really admire yeah. about you. I feel like you, like, you're always getting new skills. Like I remember, um, I think it might, it must've been when you guys were first married, you took like a welding class. We did, and, yeah. And glass blowing. glass blowing. We yeah. did, yeah. So yeah. And, and I attribute a lot of that to Tyler too. Tyler is, wants to try new things all the time. He's yeah. very much of the life Let's experience. keep learning. Yeah. And he's, he is a, another a kind of eternal student in yeah. that way. And it's also just like, you know, it's not, it's not even just that. It's like, you literally built your house. You, you like the garden, the trees that yeah. you're planting, the way that you like are crafting, like your family, like how you think about the world, how yeah. you're interacting in the world. It's that kind of like big picture creative that I yeah. think is like, so, um, I mean, I just, admire, I just Thank really you. like it. That's, I, that means a lot. I appreciate you saying that. That's, I don't ever think of it that way. I just think of what am I I'm much more of a looking at the forest and not the trees guy. Mm. I'm very detail uh, oriented around that. Uh, between the two of us, Tyler's the one that says, we're going to build a tree house today and goes out with boards and a nail and hammer. Yeah. At, and I'm like, stop, stop. You've got to stop. <laughs> you have to plan. Yeah, we're going to plan. And so I get on the computer. I design yeah. the whole thing. I figure yeah. out how many boards, how many nails we need, that kind of thing. And it's a good, uh, yeah. we work well together when it comes to projects. Mm. And I think, the home is a real example of yeah. that working together for us. I don't know if I would have accomplished as much here mm -hmm. if it wasn't for his, we're going kind to do your, this today. Your, yeah. your, uh, your different versions of that creative. Yes. Andrew and I are similar to that. I mean, yeah. I think Andrew is less interested in the visual than Tyler, yeah. or, you know, definitely yeah, yeah. less interested than you, uh, definitely less interested than me. But, uh, but yeah, he's, he's like a, you know, like ready fire aim. Yeah. And I'm like, aim, 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 Pull the trigger. Yeah. Are we ready to fire? Are we sure we're ready to fire? I'm similar in that regard because, and it's not that I don't, maybe it's just the creative mind. It's the... There, there are a lot of options and yeah. let's make sure we select maybe the right one if yeah. we're going to spend money on this or, you know. The planning is just also yeah. my favorite part. It is. Like the, the kind of that, that 
in between space between a daydream and an execution. Yeah. Like somewhere in between, it's like dreamy still. You haven't yet become acquainted with the things that are going to be like a giant pain about it. So this is where I got in my career as a graphic designer. I got to the point where I loved the ideas. Yeah. And that's and that, and where then. I was done with them. <laughs> I would draw it out and be like, yeah, that works. And next, yeah. you know, I don't want to execute that. I want to get it on the computer. I want to find the right yeah. typeface. I don't want to have to, you know, yeah. I want to get it to the point where the idea is golden. And then I'm and ready then to give it to someone else. The next one. And I probably should have moved to a creative director in a larger yeah. firm yeah. at that point and done those sort of things. But, um, but I, liked my time too much. I yeah. think w when it came down to it, I was accustomed to being my own boss and doing my own thing yeah. when I wanted to. And that, that was really attractive as an artist for me yeah. to be able to, to move. And when I'm inspired, move into that, you know? Yeah. Let's talk now about that identity stuff, yeah. moving into phase three of the mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've been really wrestling recently with like how exactly I want to talk about these things because I know they are so individual and like simply asking the question can like, it, it can make people be like, well, I don't do that. And I'm like, yeah, okay. It, but what do you do? You know, right, like, yeah. so, um, so I, I'm interested in a, in a few things, but I think like, actually you were, you were talking about it before, but like when I'm talking about like art and artifice, you know, those are just words and they're just words that are cool and they have like the word art in them. <laughs> but also I feel like we all have some version of balancing between like this really ephemeral thing and like a more um, like focused kind of a thing. Um, or it maybe could be when you're thinking about money and practicality and when you're not it, and it doesn't have to be a binary. Mm -hmm. So I would like to know, like, what is your, what are your thoughts or like, what is your version of like that kind of like balance or not balance or just what are your thoughts about like this kind of weird thing that is art and then this thing that we need in order to function? Right. So I, I've been struggling a lot with that as I've kind of, I've abandoned I say abandoned. I moved into different things uh, after I dissolved my graphic design business. The kids were born and I was busy with a lot of other things, just being you kind of managing babies. the house. Yeah. I had babies, yeah. And um, and so I, and Tyler was doing really, really well with his job. And it was, there were, the need of having that practicality and finding the money wasn't there the way that it yeah. used to be. And I realized it needs to be there yeah. in order to have like motivation push or... the cogs, yeah. right? Um, because otherwise, I do hang out in the idea stage mm. and the ephemeral, uh, just the ethereal yeah. stage way too long. Yeah, uh, because that maybe is where I want to like be. It. That's yeah. where I want to be. That's yeah. the you know that's my saccharin. That's the yeah. little dopamine hit that I'm that I'm really happy with living yeah. with, and. And so the practicality of saying, no, we're going to set this goal and we're going to do this by that, you know. Yeah. I had a bumper sticker a long time ago that said a goal without a deadline is only a dream, mm. which I hate bumper sticker quotes. Let's just get that out there. Yeah. But, but that's a little real. It really, yeah. it really applies when, like, it, oh. when it comes to the arts. There's a lot of this... Um, 
circling of the dog before you sit down. Yeah. So um, you eventually have to say, we're going to sit down at this yeah. time. Yeah. And, and I, until I create a sculpture, I mean, a, a structure for myself, a really clear sense of I'm going to be, have this kind of studio hours. I'm going to um, have this certain goal by this time, whether I meet or get close to that or not, yeah. then I don't really move in a direction that is uh, productive. Productive. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's very relatable. It is. And, and I think it's the, it's the, uh, this necessity mother of invention kind of thing. It really applies in the arts. Uh, I think money, money is such a great motivator for us yeah. to figure out how to function as artists and yeah. is really needed in a lot of ways it, for me personally to, to get out there and actually get something done. Uh, there has yeah. to be a, I hate, I hate that there has to be a threat. There has yeah. to be some yeah. kind of a threat and whether it's threat of a loss of pride around it yeah. or if, or the, the, I'm losing my identity, yeah. which is what happened. I think when I started yeah. to take on more of the family, yeah. you know, fathering role, yeah. I, there was this, you've got to do, I'm sorry, yeah. you have to do something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can't just ignore that. Um, that was the threat at that point. And yeah. So, I think you're really right. Like there is always kind of that, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking, I, I feel like that, you know, when I, when I, when I'm asking artists these questions and again, like there's such hard questions to ask because everybody's version of it different. is so different. Yep. I think sometimes artists get in kind of the habit of talking about what they're doing in this kind of magical way. I don't know why it happens. I think it is because we all know there's some magic about it. But it's also, I think, that like that's just the expectation. That's how culturally people yeah. want us to talk about it. Yeah. But I wish that more of us could could talk about like what is that threat? Like what is that mm -hmm. what is that kind of demon? Like, is it like, you know, am I gonna am I gonna be able to pay my bills this month? Is it mm -hmm. like um what will it mean if I like stop being this like you know it, it, this is what I am this yeah, is who, who I am, am. I? yeah yeah and I think that's part of it so when you know when I'm talking about art and artifice I think you know people are like but it's it's always authentic and I think like I mean okay maybe it is but like that authenticity like what I mean maybe sometimes that story is like I'm totally authentic in this moment but every time I feel like I'm not being authentic there's like you know, there's a scary thing chasing me, you know, yeah. like there's always a backstory. There's yeah. always like something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I feel that way too. Like, yeah. I mean, for me, like I, I, I also want to talk about this idea of authenticity, which I'm kind of obsessed with lately, but maybe while we're still kind of here in this, like, you know, what's the backstory, what's the front mm -hmm. story? Like, even if the actual art that you always, that you put out, like something you say is finished always feels like, it doesn't feel like it's selling out. It always feels like very pure. There's some, there's always like something in the motivation that like has a little bit of fear or like, yeah. you know, I just believe that there's like something there's yeah. like, there's something going on in like your private mind in your backstory that isn't involved in that front piece or like that, you know, you don't want to always talk about or yeah, feel or think about the vulnerability that's behind yeah. the authenticity. Yeah. 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 Do you have any other thoughts about like what that is for you? Um, 
you know, in the beginning, it was a lot about being gay and a lot about me being able to show my soul essentially out there. I was, and I did it for me. I kept saying, I'm, I'm creating this art as therapy. It's my own self, um, kind of therapy to get through or to express issues that I feel like I want to scream from a mountaintop. And this is the only way that I can do that. And it was still very veiled. It was still such that I could put it up on the wall and have people yeah. come to my home and then not ask me questions. Right. Like it was, yeah. I still was hiding even in my supposed authenticity. I still mm-hmm. was hiding behind yeah. that and saying, uh, you don't get to see all of me. Right. I'm the only one that knows how to decipher this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's a very real part of my art, I think now. And yeah. so it is, it's moved on to become more of that as I've grown comfortable with yeah. who I am. I'm able mm-hmm. to say, out loud to everyone, I'm gay, I'm happy, I yeah. have these children. Yes, this is this family. Yeah. We look like everyone else, except there's two dads here. Yeah. You know, it's it's a um there are different things in the art now than there used right. to be. Yeah. That may be where it came from and why it started, mm-hmm. but and and where I found my voice or my mark. Uh, but it is still but now it's a, diff- slightly it's a different di- story. It's a different thing. Yeah. And and to be honest, I may still be using the code of abstraction yeah. to say things that I don't feel comfortable saying out yeah. loud. So this, I think, leads me to this last thing, which is like when we're talking about authenticity and, you know, I don't know, I think we like to tell the story that like we we are a thing and then we put some of that thing that we are into the art for me, I feel like so frequently it happens the other way. It's like things happen in the art that like, I, it's not even that I'm not ready to talk about it. It's mm-hmm. that I'm just not, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like I haven't figured it out. And like the, the process of like making the thing, like it, it like informs back, you know, like yeah. I, and, and I think that's why like I feel sometimes fraught about like this authenticity question that our culture is really excited about lately because I worry that we think of it as being something that's fixed Mm -hmm. when like, you know, something that's brand new to you is not going to feel authentic because you haven't sat in it. Um, and I, and I feel like I feel torn, like, you don't know sometimes like, is this going to feel authentic later or am I going to try this and then go like, that was weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Are you going to leave it behind at some point and say that wasn't right? Or yeah. that wasn't me. Yeah. And I, and I think as artists, like, you know, sometimes our identity is in the art. Like, you know, you're, you're putting yourself in the art. I think sometimes like the art that you make, like informs back on you, Mm -hmm. whether you feel that way or whether it's just like a public perception. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I'm of the mind that if like everyone around you is thinking you're a thing, you're, you are a little, like, even if you're not, you know, like (laughs) it just like, you know, that's what you're giving off at least. Yeah. Well, and, and it must, it must affect you. Like, I mean, even if it's not like a one-to-one kind of a thing, like that is its own, like, like that is making your identity something like the fact that 
there's a mismatch yeah. and people are reflecting something at you that doesn't feel, you know, so there's feedback in that, right? Right. Like yeah. there must be like, there must be something. So, I mean, I think I just am interested in what individuals are dealing with, with these things of like, you know, how does the art that you're making like change you? How does mm-hmm. your own change mm-hmm. affect the art? Just, I don't know what's you on know, your mind about it. As a visual artist, it's interesting because I think most artists that paint long enough or that create long enough have had the experience of going back over old pieces and completely redoing them. Mm. Um, I'm if I'm liking it to other types of art, it may be someone finding an interpretation of an old piece that they did um, and finding the authenticity. I'm thinking of Joni Mitchell when she when she redid. Um, uh, the, um, clouds, uh, both sides, now. both sides. Now, yeah. thank you. I, I was you, like, I knew give, you'd me, know. give me get, like get, a thing. Like I'm <laughs> a cloud. <laughs> she redid it as, you know, in her older age and it same words, yeah, but had a completely different meeting yeah. with these, this wise voice mm-hmm. behind it. Um, and I see myself doing that, finding the authentic authenticity in my past and trying to make it current again or make mm. it, um, Make it make it maybe more authentic for now. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and as a visual artist, I've done that a million times. Like there are paintings underneath paintings that when I look at a piece, I see its child sometimes right. hiding yeah. beneath it. And um, and I'd like to think that it was it was still authentic at the yeah. moment. But maybe my interpretation of it now is that I'm looking at it as a child. Totally. As a, of course, that was authentic for you now, but you didn't quite see the full picture. Yeah. You didn't quite see, understand everything. So, yeah. I think that's, that's exactly why I'm interested in this. Because if you're always authentic in the present, mm-hmm. then you're never authentic in the past. In the past, right. You yeah. know, or the fu- and then the future, yeah. too. Like, yeah. So the, this, this present, like who I am... It's just, it's a, it's a moment mm-hmm. and whatever you're making in that moment, like, you know, it just. And how much of that is a reflection, as you were saying, of things that are happening around you and yeah. Yeah. And then I, I, it's, I think it's pretty easy to see that in, in retrospect sure. or it's easier to look back and be like, well, when I made this, when I was 19, you know, that felt really authentic. And now I kind of feel like, oh, I didn't have a full picture. I didn't understand we can look at it backward, but looking at it forward feels weirder. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, if I have to imagine that at some point in the future, I'll look back and feel like the person I am now is no longer yeah. like, what does that mean? Right. So I get well, very I like it, weirded it, it out it by means, those questions. I think it means growth. I mean, it, it means maybe maturity. It means, um, broadening of a worldview or yeah. idea of, and, and I think anyone that's lived on the planet long enough knows that that's a natural progression. And yeah. I, unless I, your life is peaceful, unless <laughs> and then it's boring, you think, might be the same when you're 50 as you are when you're 18. And we know those people too. Yeah. Yeah. But, that, <laughs> but I think the majority of people would say that their, their ideals as children or as young adults don't didn't match up with how yeah. they see now. And, and I, and that's okay. I yeah. think that's what, what age can give some people is that, uh, that allowance for everyone to be yeah. their current selves. You yeah. Know? 
and yeah. know that 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 is going to change over time. Uh, relationship, the, the way that I viewed my relationship with my father as a child, and the way that I view it now, or my my brother who I had a kind of a tumultuous ride with. We were yeah. a year apart. We often fought a lot as kids, but I look back on that, and you know, if you were to talk to me how I felt about my brother in high school, I'd be like, yeah, he's you know, we're not really friends. We're kind yeah. of we we coexist, but. Um, but we're kind of more at odds yeah. and he's not like me. Yeah. Um, but now seeing it as, uh, from my adult point of view, it's like, I really appreciate what he gave to me, what yeah. he gave me, he gave me a thick skin that yeah. allowed me to take on some really tough things in my life yeah. that I'm not sure I would have been able to get through. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. I, Oh, you want to you pause? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're back and we were talking so, about your brother and yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think, oh, the thick skin part. That's what, kind of what yeah. I ended on. That's, um, I can start a new idea. So it's an easier well, cut, but I think like, no, I mean, it's fine. It, 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 it's you fade fine. in and out. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Also like, I just, I'm not trying to like, I feel like organic is just like the thing that I it's, like as a yeah. consumer. And like, I never mind when my, my favorite podcasts are like, I'm sorry, I have to pee. Can I just <laughs> hold on. And then there's just no, like, I, I just don't feel at all about yeah. needing you're to. You're like, you're in the room with them, of course. Yeah, uh, it's like, these are real you, people. they went to pee. Yeah, so, these are re- real yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, so deal with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing that I wanted to say was, sometimes, I mean, I am 31. I know I'm in the middle. Like, I'm yeah. so aware of how much I'm in the middle. I don't know what that means. I don't know what, I don't know what like, the, you know, the next, you know, looking yeah. back point is going to look like. But I do, I feel, like, um, a little obsessed and excited and very bothered and very troubled <laughs> about this. And I just, I just, I just think about it, like, yeah. so much and think, like, and I think about it in the context of this authenticity question because, I don't know, I think... The, the person that I was, you know, 10 years ago, I know the through, the through line. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the things that like have not changed at all. Mm-hmm. And I assume that those will be the things that also won't have changed. Mm-hmm. But everything around that is so different. Oh, yeah. Um, that, yeah, I mean, I think I just feel, I didn't know in, in my 20s that like I would feel so different now. But now I feel like I'm kind of like looking around, like which things are going to go away, <laughs> which things are going to be totally different. You know, I feel yeah. like, um, suspicious yeah. of my life. Yeah. And so that's just, that's me. That's just like where I am. So I like to just ask people about it and, and authenticity is so, it's weird. It's so weird. Yeah. And I think as we are all, I mean, I like to think that I'm much more authentic now than I was before because I definitely before was like specifically not authentic about specific things. Yeah, myself included, yeah. Yeah, and now I feel like pretty transparent. Mm-hmm. But then thinking about how like that is going to change too, I don't know. It just leaves me feeling like It's interesting buzzy. too. Yeah, it's there are there are parts of of my truth I think in the past that I've I've wondered how important they were to be authentic about. Mm-hmm. Um how much of full self do I need to really show? Yeah. Um, because there's this question of how much of it do I want to attach to me? 
Yeah. And do totally. I want to let some of this authenticity shed right off like a skin and not have to own it in a yes. way in the future? Yeah. So because it's not yeah. like it's authentic right now, but maybe it's just something I'm going through. Right. right. Yeah. No, I think you're totally it's, right. And, and the, like the shedding of the skin feels really appropriate for it. It's it's maybe something that I'm wearing now, but will I will have no need for it later. Yeah. And I can see that. Yeah. In the present. So do I address it? I mean, one of the things I learned in this relationship with Tyler, and this was, you know, coming into a relationship when I was 38, yeah. was communication, yes, is important. You hear that all the time. You got to communicate. Yeah. You also need to know when not to communicate. Yeah. When like you're just in a weird mood or like he's in a weird mood. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. Because... Because this is going to go away. Yeah, because we're going to blow thing. this up. This is a temporary, let's just call it a chemical blip yeah. and we'll deal with that. Maybe it was something I ate. All yeah. right. So we'll just, yeah. Yeah. Knowing yeah. when not to communicate is equally as important. And yeah. then there's that kind of weird thing. I mean, I feel like I, I think that way too when I'm communicating with Andrew. And then sometimes I have the other thing where like, you know, several months, you know, <laughs> gone I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, Maybe no, I, I see, I, sh- I could have, <laughs> I could have talked about this 10 other times, but but that's the, the nature of it, like, right. you just don't know what something is then, when you're in it. But then now you know, yeah. it's, now we need to say something, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess I just, I don't know, and, and in terms of, like, the art, the art question, I think it's just a little bit trickier than just your mm-hmm. own life, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's one in the same in so many ways, but because it is, like, it's like a layer deeper of abstraction mm-hmm. or a layer deeper of transparency mm-hmm. with sometimes like it's overexposed in a way that like, you know, I don't know. I just, I just think it's interesting. You know, and, and as artists, we do it in uh, mostly in a public way. If you leave yeah. a trail of your authenticity, right? as most people that are famous now, I mean, we, everything is recorded. Yeah. Everything's recorded. So you have this trail of growth yeah. through yeah. someone's life. You could look back and there is, there's something really nice about in the visual arts. And I know you have it too, as a musician, having this portfolio that you can look to and say, that's when I thought this way. Yeah. And I was all about this then. Yeah. And it helps mark time for me yeah. in a way. And I then start to appreciate that phase or yeah. that, that that's necessary and, and, um, allow it in other yeah. people allow totally. that. Yeah. I think yeah. about that so often, you know, like this is just such a frequent one for me lately, but like people ask me about Billie Eilish like yeah. every day yeah. and I just feel like she's 17. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. like I will be so curious to see like what she does with like this yeah. Whatever thing. What does like, that turn what, into? What yeah. will it be? And we've certainly seen it in other artists yeah. through history. I mean, they, that they have done complete 180s yeah. and have recreated themselves as, you know, Madonna yeah. has it, <laughs> moved it, into she, everything. Totally. It's like, yeah. it's such a different thing. I, yeah. I was just actually, Andrew and I were just talking about this last week and yeah. we were talking about Madonna, Madonna. Yeah. and then Rihanna yeah. and just thinking like, it, it is so true, but I, I do feel like we're in a weird time right now where because everything is recorded, I worry a little bit that, that we're not that great at like letting people change. And we yeah. want to be like, come Hold on, this isn't this. who you are. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, this isn't who you are. Or like, you know, yeah, not letting people like evolve and yeah. 
Yeah. And grow. Yeah. Like we, we hold them accountable for things that they did in yeah. their, as a teen, <laughs> which yeah. I'm, I'm grateful that there were a lot of things that were recorded yeah. in my teenage years. So. Or even just like, if there's something that we love, like if we're like, this is so like this record is like, yeah. this is just like, this is it for me. Yeah. And then if that person makes something else like you, you know, why aren't you do, like, why, why isn't Maroon 5 doing songs about Jane anymore? <laughs> and I don't know. It's just like, well, yeah, that was someone then. else is doing it. You <laughs> know, right. like, it's yeah. just, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I like it so much. And also it's terrifying. <laughs> um, well, is there anything else that you want to talk, say about art or, I mean, I think we've kind of done it. We have, yeah, we've really, we've talked about yeah. it. Yeah, great. I love it. I, you know, it's my favorite thing that like, I just never know where the conversation's going to go, yeah. which is thrilling and terrifying. And <laughs> it's nice when I get to do it with someone that I trust. Oh yeah, sure. Um, so I always ask like, just the question at the very end, yeah. what's your dream project? Oh, right. Um, you know, I keep thinking, uh, my dream project, I want to do some large scale sculptural things for public spaces. Sweet. Um, and, and I, I have been fascinated lately with the playgrounds that are going up yeah. in community spaces. They are really inspired. And so yeah. I love the idea of actually taking my art, applying it in some way yeah. to a functional Form Public and function. We were talking space. about this last yes, night. Yes, we were. Yeah. So, but but applying it to some public forum that could be enjoyed and experienced in 3D. I love that. That's so, a great idea. Yeah. I hope that happens sooner than later. Well, we know if I don't put a goal to yeah. it, it's only going to be a dream. Well, so. now it's And now I'm kind of like put it out there. So. And so look what you've done. Yes. Um, right, and Jonathan. then the last thing is where can people find like your work if they want to see it or yeah follow me on Instagram I'm at Jonathan J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-I-N-G-R-A-M Ingram dot artist okay um, Instagram Instagram is where I'm going to be posting most of what's going on with my life well, well Jonathan art wise thank you so much for chatting with me it's been a pleasure and for being my new uncle in my adulthood it is my favorite I love it so much artist unite <laughs> yes okay thank you so thanks. much bye bye thanks for listening to Artifice our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Sarah Keel if you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.